Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Perspective Transformation Radio, enjoying its 10th anniversary, often the number one live airing broadcast on Blog Talk Radio, and reaching a global audience of over 185,000 listeners. During this hour-long interview-style program, you'll meet prospective transformers who come to share their most pivotal, life-changing insights and aha moments, offering you instant access to life, leadership, and God-loving seismic shifts of your own. We encourage you to invite friends to join you here now or share quotes with attribution and also to reach out to our sponsor, WomenSpeakers.com, the most popular online connecting place for Christian event planners and Christian women speakers since 2002. I'm your host, Marnie Swedberg, and I encourage you to grab a notepad and get ready to meet today's Perspective Transformers. Hi, this is Marty. Sorry about that. We just had a little technical hiccup here. We've been having some uh, kind of uh, computer in and out this afternoon. So welcome to you. It's exciting to have you here. And our guest today is Pam Farrell of love-wise.com. She's the author, along with her husband, of 46 books. And she has a new book out called Discovering Joy in Philippians. I'm excited to have you here today, Pam, because... Uh, my name is Marnie Joy. Marnie is a, means joyful in Hebrew, and Joy is my middle name, so my name actually is Joyful wow. Joy. I know, but you are like the choose and joy lady. Uh, whenever I think of you, those are the two words that come to mind, because for years, you would just walk around saying, choose and joy, choose and joy. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. We will unpack that story in this hour for sure. Well, how fun to be called Joy Joy your whole life. But it I know there's a little pressure on you, right? <laughs> yeah. So it kind of it kind of explains why I am a bubbly kind of person yeah. and why joy comes more easily to me. But I know that you have found that like the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Mm-hmm. Right. The joy of the Lord is our strength and in John, it says that Jesus came, that your joy may be full. And, you know, God, that's what God wants for us. But, um, you know, it's hard sometimes to hold on or discover that joy. Uh, I just came across some stats, uh, Fox News, and uh, came out with uh, that about 65% of us at any one time would say we are daily filled with worry and stress. So the majority of people are not experiencing the joy that God has for them. And when I wrote um, Seven Simple Skills for Every Woman, uh, Success in Holding It All Together, because none of us feel like we have it all together, but uh, I came across another study that said about 83% of all Americans and 72% of all women uh, would describe their life as very stressful. So... Mm. Yeah, most of us do not have the joy, 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 joy down in our heart that we think about in Sunday school, uh, but we want it, like we desire it. Uh, women, like yeah. for the most part, don't wake up every morning and say, oh, I hope I'm depressed today. No, no, that depression and all that downcast and disillusionment and dissatisfaction, that just hits us like a Mack truck, and we need to know what do we do when that happens. So I can get my joy back. So like, what's the difference between happiness and joy? People are always talking about this. Yeah. Okay. So this is a little controversial right now (laughs) in Christianity, but honestly, um, biblically God says we, he has both those for us. Um, Blessed, that whole beatitude, blessed is the one who, you know, and then Psalms uh, one, the blessed, tree that everything she puts her hand to prosper that easily can be translated into happy so you know god has this happiness for us and then he also uses another word joy 
Um, and sometimes people say that happiness is dependent on circumstances, but it doesn't have to be. When the happiness comes from God, when the joy comes from God, then it's not dependent on circumstances. It's dependent on God. Um, for example, um, you know, the joy of the Lord is your strength. That joy in Nehemiah 8.10 is gladness, rejoicing, and um, it is because God is our strength, the Lord. It's Yahweh, that holy, holy name. And strength there means place of safety, protection, defense, fortress, refuge, stronghold. So the reason that we are rejoicing is because God says, I'm going to be your place of safety, protection, defense, your fortress, your refuge, your safe, strong place you can run to and find hope for the future. Uh, so oftentimes, Joy is directly related in the verse to God. It's a God link. Absolutely. And again, in that passage in Nehemiah, you, okay, so joy is what we all are going for, right? We're all going for happy, joy, blessed, all of that. But Mm -hmm. in that, again, you have joy because God's defending you, which means there's something to defend you from. Right. Right, it's an attack, and that particular story is Israel had drifted, you know, from God, and they looked more at their enemies than they did at the word of God or honoring God, and it was a calling back to Israel, like, hey, you can have your joy back, people. Here's how you do it. And um, so, so God gives us instructions, you know, how to find our joy, um, how to discover joy, how to hold on to joy. If we just, like... Hang out with God. We will be more joyful because he has the answers. He has the solutions. He has the pathway um, to joy. Uh, Another verse that I love um, is rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And that word um, rejoice is a verb. So it's like an action. It's something we can do. And it means to choose to be glad, to choose to um, be joyful and it is this, the verb for it can be translated joy, be glad, rejoice exceedingly, be well, thrive, um, be well off, be cheerful. My favorite, though, is to be calmly delighted, calm delight. Aww. And the reason I love that is because it gives you something to do. Like I said, God will give you the pathway. So when you're all stressed out, when life's not going your way, when really hardships are on you, God says, okay, pause, push pause. What will give you calm right now? What can you do right now that will calm your soul? Maybe turn on praise music. Maybe get in your word. Maybe do some Bible art. Maybe call a friend. And then he says, okay, now look at delight. What's going to delight your soul right now? Maybe take a walk. Maybe, you know, look at the sunset. Maybe spend time with your grandkids, um, maybe garden, um, maybe just do some exercise and get those happy endorphins going on a bike ride. And so I love that definition because God assigns us something we can actually do that will make progress in our life and move us to that place of joy, that calm delight. Hmm. I love that calm delight. That's such a beautiful picture, calm delight, uh, that it, it reminds me of just sitting kind of in a float on the water. <laughs> just that, calm. Yes, yes, <laughs> like in a pool or on the lake. For me, mm-hmm. I, I kayak and paddleboard. That's my place of calm delight. I live on a boat on the ocean. So that's the handy place of calm delight. Or I might walk the beach. And listen to the ocean waves with my feet in the sand and just realize, wow, God is in control of these waves that faithfully come to the shore. That same faithful God can take care of whatever issue that I'm dealing with right now. He's going to be there for me. And that gives me delight and it calms me at the same time. In fact, there's actually a study out now that says it's called the water factor. That if you hang out by water, whether it's a pool, a lake, the ocean, a fountain, even a fish tank, uh, that will lower your stress uh, and calm you, 
which is interesting because who made the water? Yeah, God. So he even put that on the earth for us. <laughs> so, so awesome. So what actually brought you to faith in Christ? Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, you know, it kind of goes back to this joy connection. Um, so I was the firstborn daughter of an alcoholic dad with severe rage issues. I always thought we would make the headlines of the newspaper, not, but not for like a good reason. Or like man shoots family, then shoots himself. Tons of domestic violence in um, my home of origin. Our town was so small. There was not like a 911, but the uh, only police uh, chief lived a few doors down, and he was like always at our house trying to calm my dad down, trying to, you know, get things back in line. And, um, yeah, it was just a very confusing, chaotic, scary at times place uh, to be raised. But I remember, like, before I even knew there was a God, it seemed like I was talking to him. And as a little girl, I would get up, um, like, early on a Sunday morning, we weren't going to church. We're not a church-going family. And I would turn on our little black-and-white TV. Okay, that dates me. Um, and I would sit with my little jammies over my knees all alone, you know, in the dark with just that glow of the TV. And I would watch two shows. And they were from the Lutherans. And one was like a Davy and Goliath, like a cartoony show um, that told Bible stories. And I remember thinking, wow, these stories that have so much hope and joy and happiness in them. So I was drawn to it. And then there was a, um, right after that, there was like a father knows best. It was called something different, but it kind of had that vibe where it was a happy family, a good godly dad. He loved his children and gave them spiritual lessons, you know, every week. And I remember thinking, wow, it would be really nice to have a dad like that. That's not like my dad. That's very different than my dad. But I began to feel drawn to things spiritual, like, um, and to the Bible, even before I knew a Bible existed. So I would sit and talk to God, you know, wow, I would love to have a life like this. One day I would love to, like, know that book they're talking about. And so I was pretty young. And my mom, um, her best friend, was the secretary of a little teeny tiny church in a little teeny tiny town. And she saw the chaos that we were living in, and she invited us to come to church. Afton wants you and the kids come to church. If Bill wants to come, great. But if he doesn't, just come anyway. And so my mom brought us three kids to church. And when I walked in that little teeny tiny church, little white steeple, um, like it probably maybe seated 50 people. I'm talking, it was a small church. And um, I walked in, I met the people there and they were so joyful. They were so kind. They were so nice. They were uh, so happy. They were so giving and so loving. And I remember thinking, wow, they know, they're, they're talking about a God that you can know and they have all these wonderful traits in their life. If I knew that God, Maybe I could have those traits in my life. Maybe I could be that kind of person. So it was really like happiness and joy and love and, you know, kindness that drew me as a, a small child um, to God. And it wasn't because my circumstances changed. Nope. <laughs> they remained the same. I remember one day in uh, Sunday school, uh, if you memorize verses, you could have uh, like these prizes out of a treasure chest. And um, one of the verses that they and you could also have a place on quiz team and quiz team in a town of 100 people that's kind of like american idol Woohoo! want a place on quiz team yay <laughs> um we get to go to these fun things and have popcorn after yeah okay so um <laughs> i memorized i was memorizing matthew 5 6 and 7 so in that is the beatitudes right and so i am you know, memorizing all these blessed are, blessed are, happy are, happy are uh, verses. And one day I was sitting on my bed and um, I come across that verse, asking you shall receive, seeking you shall find, knock and the door will be opened unto you. And there I remember praying, Lord, does this mean if I ask you to come into my life to be my best friend, my savior, my Lord, my guide, you would do that for me? And just then it became like I was staying on my bed late at night and well, it was like right after dinner. And my dad was like yelling out of control, been drinking all day. My mom trying to talk him down. We were in the living room. It got very scary. So I went and I 
um, got my little brother and my sister because I was worried about them. And so I called them into my room. <laughs> you guys, we just had another little glitch here. We lost Pam, but she'll probably be right back. Sorry about that. Um, you know, part of the part of life. I was just I was just thinking about this earlier today. Is part of life is just walking through the challenges that come, yielding them up to God as quickly as we can, receiving His reciprocal gift, which is either going to be joy or peace, or right now kind of a little bit of amusement as happening. And then to and then to just say thank you and to move forward. Welcome back, Pam. Sorry about that. I think the system. Yeah. Is, I don't think. We do. <laughs> anyway, you were choosing joy. Yeah. Choosing so joy. Choosing joy. Yeah. I know. Got to the point where you had taken your siblings into your room. Right. I tucked him in bed. I pushed a dresser in front of the door so that um, mm. dad couldn't get in and hurt us. And I turned off the light, and there glowing in the dark was the prize that I had won for memorizing, you know, the Beatitudes and Psalm 23 um, also was a part of that day. And it was a little cross, and it glowed in the dark. And on it, it read, Jesus lives. And I remember praying, Jesus, the pastor's been telling me that you are stronger than anything, more powerful than anything, you're more powerful than you know, death itself, and if you're all those things, and I believe that you are, please come into my life and be my best friend, my Savior, and my Lord. Because when I grow up like this, I don't want to have a house that's out of control. I want to have a house that's full of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness. Like a house, like when I go visit Kathy, my mom's best friend who brought us to church, that's what I see at her house. That's what I want at my house. So God, please, Help me grow up to be that kind of woman. And P.S. If you could work it out, really love to marry a pastor one day. And God answered <laughs> all those cries. Aww. Yeah, that little girl's heart. Yeah, I'm married to a pastor now for 40 years, so he answered that one big time. Oh, that's so beautiful. And uh, and then of course, uh, everything after that was happily ever after. No, no, no. See, my circumstances didn't change. What changed, though, from that point on, it's like, seriously, my pictures in my photo album even look different. I went from, like, pouty Pam, because I was a little girl who thought if I just was perfect, maybe then my parents wouldn't fight all the time. So I, like, tried to be the peacemaker by being perfect. And, well, that didn't work out because I'm not perfect. And then... um also, like, I was kind of pouty because it was sad at my house. I mean, yeah, seriously, right. it was sad. And so, I, but after I came to know God in a personal way and asked Christ into my life, my photos in my photo album, like, I'm beaming, I'm happy, <laughs> I'm smiling. I remember, like, skipping back and forth to church, like, taking myself to church and being okay with it and coming back. Like and going to all the different activities, and I would just walk to that little sweet church. It was my safe place. Um, and it from that point on, because I was in the Word of God every day, because my little friend Kelly, Kathy's daughter, said, "So, um, did you have your quiet time today?" And I'm like, "What's that?" And she's like, "Well, God wrote us a love letter. It's called the Bible, and." That's, where, that's how we grow in God is we read his love letter to us every day. And how we um, get to know God better and um, talk to him is we pray. And it's just like talking to a friend. That's all prayers. So she's giving this great theology, like a seven-year-old to another seven-year-old. <laughs> so I did it. I mean, I just thought, okay, I'll read my Bible every day. So that's what I did. And um, God carried me through some really turbulent times in my growing up years, including one night I'm cutting my dad down because he was trying to hang himself in the garage. Um, he was suicidal. And that was like, he was suicidal quite a bit. And, um, and God said, okay, sing amazing grace. What will help the situation right now is you need to sing praise songs. So we sang everything that we could think of that came from church as me and my brother, my sister, my mom held my dad down until he finally passed out. Truly amazing grace did save my dad's life years later. Um, and it, like the last day of his life, he finally surrendered to that amazing wow. grace and came to know God in a personal way. But yeah, wow. it was not because of joyful circumstances. 
that I had joy growing up. It was because I have a relationship with Jesus, um, the creator of everything, including the creator of joy. In your new book, Discovering Joy in Philippians, you have full pages that are scripture verses that are art pieces, color, adult coloring pages. One of them that I love so much is Philippians 1, 6. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. What an amazing story you've just told us of walking through childhood with God, even in these desperate situations. You've also had some times when finances have been tight. Yeah. You know, I just want to reflect a little bit about that word that you just uh, said about uh, Philippians 1.6. The thing I love about the book of Philippians is like a lot of times people think, oh, it's just all about joy. It's all about joy. It's actually about what joy can do to improve relationships um, as Mm -hmm. well. And so the whole book, it's, starts out with these wonderful verses about um, relationships. Find it here. Um, and um, it, when the, even the way that uh, the apostle Paul greeted people, um, if we just greeted each other with that same positive way that he starts out um, Philippians, it would help. You know, he just says, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi and the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Like, can you imagine if every person you met, you just thought, okay, God, I want you to give them grace and peace. How much better would this world be? And then uh, he goes on, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So you and I can have joy because we're in partnership right now, um, sending out God's good message, you know, of hope and help. And then he says, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work will complete it. And then it follows that right up with, it is right for me to feel this way about you because I hold you in my heart. Mm-hmm. And that word hold you in your heart is to me, it means to give somebody the benefit of the doubt. To not look at their actions, but try to look past to their heart and then give them all of your best emotions, their direction. Um, so you're holding the relationship as a treasure in your heart. And uh, that just reminds me of Mary and how she pondered right. these things in her heart about her son. And so um, it's a lot about relationships as you go through discovering joy in Philippians. It it should improve your marriages, your families, your friendships, your work relationships, your relationships at church. Because, you know, it's easier to relate to people and people want to hang out with you um, more if you are a little bit more like Jesus and less like our human self, right? If we have a little bit more of joy, you're just easier to be around, like it's hard being around grumpy people, like really hard to be around grumpy people. And um, right, like right now in my life, um, that's what I'm dealing with. I mean, I caregiver, my husband, and I sold everything, 3,000 square foot home, 1,000 square foot office. We gave most of it away to people in ministry, our, our themes. And uh, we moved up here to caregive Bill's now 90-year-old parents. And it was about a three-year transition that we are still in. And um, my mother-in-law, she is mentally ill and has been my whole life. Like, um, never had a normal conversation with my uh, mom-in-law. She has let fear run her. She refuses any help that anyone offers. She won't go to psychiatrists or doctors. And um, my husband's dad has not made her do that. And so um, she's become a hoarder and very controlling and mean. Like the other day I walked in and I'm like, hi, mom, how are you doing today? Can I give you a hug? And she shoved me. She's 90. She shoved me and she's like, get out of my way. I'm like, okay, um, Lord, calm delight. What will calm this situation and what will bring delight right now? So, you know, I'm living it out right now too. Um, I'm seeing the contrast in that, when you choose joy, 
um, people want to be around you. When you choose anger, bitterness, um, selfishness, it drives people away. So discovering joy in Philippians and gaining that joy that God has for you should improve all your relationships. It just makes you nicer. <laughs> for sure. I was thinking when you were talking about, you know, people don't, it's hard for people to be around someone who's just angry and bitter and upset. It's hard mm-hmm. to be around yourself when you're like that. That's one of my, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's one of the things that I love about choosing joy is it makes me feel so much better with me right away. Yes. Um, it's just like this uh, very circular, uh, all well-rounded response. As soon as I can get back to joy, I really experience that emotion as, as an emotion, not just the underlying reality, but truly God fills us our hearts with joy. So can, can you say that? Can you say that when you're with your mother-in-law and she is being so hostile toward you that you can actually rise above it in any way? Uh, it actually, I believe that God. Um, wants me to rise above it and not get pulled down in the vortex of craziness. He, God gives you joy oftentimes to get off the crazy train. A lot of us come from families of, you know, severe dysfunction. And it is the joy of Jesus that helps us stay out of the craziness and chaos and stay on, you know, Christ, the solid rock I stand. And, um, and joy is your ticket you know, that gets you off that crazy train. Um, Yeah, so it is a choice to rejoice at those situations. There are many scriptures that apply then um, about how to love by faith and uh, what good boundaries look like. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. But if I have joy, I'm going to be at a stronger place and a more centered place because I'm going to be matching my heart with God's heart towards my mother-in-law. Like, I'm going to see her more with God's um, bifocals on rather than my own. I'm going to see her as, wow, she's wounded. She's refused the, the love and the compassion of Christ. And so that's why she's acting this way. It gives you a more heavenly perspective when you choose joy um, because Jesus helps you see people from his vantage point, And then you can deal with them and make better choices towards them. So there's a lot of benefits. Um, to joy, improves relationships. Um, Some of the other studies about joy is that joy actually makes you healthier, um, so you'll live longer. So grumpy people die sooner. Hey, there's a a reason why not to be so grumpy. And plus, not only do you live longer, you're happier, so people want to be around you in your old age, not run in the other direction. So there are some benefits, um, definitely, to becoming that person who's in the word and using discovering joy in Philippians to build and bless your relationships, your own health. Um, it helps you see your life. Um, so you can make decisions from a more heavenly perspective. Um, the apostle Paul was going through really tough times, but he was still making plans. He was still writing these letters to the Philippians. He was helping them make good choices in a very hard situation, um, encouraging them to choose joy rather than grumbling. Like he basically told them, don't grumble. I want you to choose joy instead because that's going to get you to a better place. Um, yeah, so joy can really improve the, your whole life, but it's definitely a choice. It's not like it's an action. Um, and oftentimes it's very related to some things that you can do. Rejoice, again, I say rejoice. Um, you know, put on that praise music, start singing praises. Um, you know, write down all the things you're thankful for so that you're functioning from a grateful heart. So there are definitely things that we can do um, that will improve our ability to discover and then hang on to joy. Like in the first chapter, I write the Choosing Joy devotionals. Gene, a wonderful co-author, deep dive, great scripture. It's like a K. Arthur Beth Moore, wonderful deep dive into scripture in the Philippians. And then I write the devotions, like, how does this apply to our life? And 
And the first, choosing joy. I give four simple things that we can do um, that will help us discover joy. And the first is to look up that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Maybe print out verses and hang them up or draw or color those verses or memorize some of those verses about joy. Um, one of my favorites is we, we also have discovering hope in the Psalms. And one of my favorite Psalms is you will show me the way of life, granting me your joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. So God will move us to his presence. And then to look up. The second is to look back. Retrace God's faithfulness in your life. Like I have a joy journal that like you can go to love-wise.com and buy a joy journal. And it's just an empty journal with beautiful pictures and um, blank lines and blank pages you can draw and write and create a scrapbook of prayer requests and praises and God's answers, list off his faithfulness, um, capture quotes and favorite verses. So retrace, like God's been faithful to you in the past. How has he given joy? Do some of those same things that you know always work for you. Um, Like I always have more joy after I take a walk in nature. Like I always have more joy after I get in the word. And I always have more joy almost instantaneously when I say to Alexa, you know, turn on Christian music. Okay, Alexa, don't turn on Christian music or on Blog Talk Radio. Our little light went on. Um, But, yeah, almost instantaneously um, I'll get joy because of that music and the truth about God in in song. And then look out. Don't go through tough times alone. It's great to prayer walk with friends. That's why I encourage people to listen to your show too, Marnie, because, you know, you give practical help in all kinds of situations and so we should have podcasts that are our favorites and radio that's our favorites that we just layer into our life that we can take on prayer walks with us or we can turn on in the in the car as we're driving around Uh, the good thing about a prayer walk if you call a friend up and you prayer walk with a friend you get closer to god closer to your friend and thinner all the same time so it's a three for one deal Yeah, and then the last one's look ahead. I asked my mentor, um, she's 70, and it was her 70th birthday, and I'm like, you always have so much joy. Like, Kendall, what is, like, the secret to your joy? And she had survived, her spouse had passed away um, recently, and she had survived her own little health crisis in the past year. So there was plenty to be despairing about, and she wasn't. And so I'm like, what's the secret? What's the secret? And she said, always plan something to look forward to. And my mm. best friend, who's also my prayer partner, Robin, is related to Kendall. And she said, yeah, life is too short to live looking in the rearview mirror, which is so much like, you know, the verse in Philippians 3, um, 13 and 14, forget what lies behind and strain towards what's ahead. I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So look ahead, put something happy on your schedule and look forward to it. Mm, Look up, look back, look out, look ahead. (laughs) And I'm thinking as you're talking about that too, you know, another, another full page that you have in here, a coloring page is do everything without grumbling or arguing Philippians 2.14, which actually that, that one alone will save us so much grief if we just refuse to grumble or argue. I'm just not going there. Yes, yes. We be boss of ourselves and tell ourselves I'm not going down that, you know, rugged trail of grumbling and complaining. It's not going to get me anywhere. It's full of rocks I'm going to trip over. I, I will end up, you know, skinning my knee or bunking my head spiritually and not be able to think straight anymore. Yeah, it doesn't take you to a good place. And so instead, if you choose joy and you fill your mind with praises of God, like um, I created this, I call it Radiant Joy. It's a downloadable printable that you can go to uh, love-wise.com to my blog. And there's some blogs about joy. And one of them is this giveaway that's a Radiant Joy. And all it is is a sunshine that you keep track of the praises and things that brought you joy over a 21 day period. So you can develop the new habit of choosing joy. Um, And it's just a way of keeping track of the goodness of God. And when we keep track of the goodness of God in our life, then we're more likely to be predisposed to joy. And there's a study, a scientific study that came out that said that the people that are more joyful, there's a little bit of a reason. 50% of 
our joy quotient is um, DNA, that it's built in, how joyful we may or may not be. But 40% is choices we make. And that can make all the difference in the world, is the choices we make to hang out um, with a God we love, we value, we appreciate, we're grateful for, and um, count your many blessings, name them one by one. Um, that gets us to a good place when we count those blessings, when we count those praises, when we count those joy moments. And so I have this little radiant joy, um, you know, handout that people can put on their fridge and just keep track for 21 days. What brought you joy? What did God do that brought you joy? And then we can take the next step, and that is we can choose to put those activities uh, and activities like that that give us joy in our weekly schedule. And one of my friends, um, she works with um, post-traumatic stress with first responders. And one of the things that they have first responders do when they've gone through trauma, when they've helped other people through these horrific, you know, floods and buildings being blown up and just the most horrible, horrible things that a person would have to go through to help other people, well, they, it's hard for them to keep feeling. Like, it's kind of get this numbness and life just looks gray and many of them get depressed and suicidal. And so one of the things that um, these professionals who work with the PCSD um, first responders do is they have them write down, like take time and really write down everything that brings you joy, even the smallest of things like, oh, that 70% dark chocolate from Brazil, whoa, that brings me joy. Oh, the wind, the cold breeze on my face on a hot summer day, that brings me joy. Uh, Bill and I were walking on a date the other day, and we were kind of talking about this, and there was this beautiful bank of flowers. It looked like snowballs. They were just so beautiful. And I'm like, what kind, of, what kind of flowers those are? And Bill said, oh, I think they're roses. And we literally stopped and smelled the roses. And the people behind <laughs> yes. us are like, look at them. They're stopping to smell the roses. And I'm like, it worked. It brought me joy. They were roses. It smelled delightful. So keeping track, knowing yourself so well that you know the things in this creation um, that God has given to us in this world that seems so hostile and mean. There is beauty all around us. There's joy all around us. There's gladness all around us. If we'll take the time to cultivate it and look for it and then write it down and repeat it in our life. Tell us a story about parenting, the long haul journey of parenting, and how to make time for God to really show up in a big way. Yeah, you know, a lot of times it is, you know, our kids that kind of squelch our joy, you know, they give us the most joy, our kids and grandkids, but sometimes, you know, raising them is tough, and it may be robbing some of the moms and grandmoms out there from some of their joy, like, um, I'll just use my middle son, in 10 best decisions a parent can make, we talk about how we raised our kids, and we use this learner, leader, love God, yearly, um, like we have a fun feral activity and then we negotiate privileges and responsibilities and we make a list of, you know, what they are responsible for in the year ahead. And we choose a, a trait, uh, a leadership trait to focus on for that child for that year. We choose a verse that goes along with it. And then we give a gift that applauds that uniqueness, that strength, that calling um, that we see God layering into that child's life. So, you know, all of our kids were doing this learner leader thing with them. and But one of my boys is, like, really strong-willed, ADD, ADHD, angry, not very verbal. He's about eight years old when this story takes place. And he was doing pretty good with the whole learner leader thing until he was about eight. Then he just starts spiraling down. Bad attitudes, bad grades, like negative around our house. And so um, one day he was beating up his brother's again and I said Zach honey this is inappropriate you need to go upstairs mama come talk to you and so he ran up the stairs he knocked all the photos off the wall he slammed the door picked up a baseball put the 
baseball through the door, hole in the door as I walk in. And I'm like, Seth, honey, you have got to learn to use words. Because I'm thinking in my mind, no woman in her right mind is ever going to marry you. You're going to live with me forever. You need to use the words. And so he looks at me, puts his hands on his little eight-year-old hips. He's like, you want words? Well, I hate myself, and I hate my life, and if God made me, I hate him too. And I said, um, just a minute. And I ran downstairs. I threw myself across the bed. I prayed the most frantic mommy prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I'm a pastor's wife. I'm a director of women's ministry. I write all these Christian books, but I'm raising the wild men of an atheist upstairs. Could you send help here, God? And um, I know, God, that you say that every person is a treasure, that we're Fearfully and wonderfully made, Psalms 139, and Jeremiah, before uh, Jeremiah was even born, God appointed him a prophet to the nation. So, Lord, I know that you have a plan and path. In the New Testament, you say that we're our workmanship, um, we're a beautiful poem. That's what that means. So, Zach is a beautiful poem of yours. He's a treasure, but I can't see the treasure. Zach's not seeing that treasure. Help me help Zach see the treasure. And when I said the word treasure, I'm like, oh, that might work. So I called Bill up the phone with my idea, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to draw this treasure map and um, take some quarters to it, and I'm going to challenge Zach uh, to say one thing positive about his day every day and one thing he did well. When I write it on the treasure map, then we'll give him X amount of dollars um, to invest in some resources to help him be all that God designed him to be, to live out that treasure. So I explained it to Bill, and he's like, awesome. I explained it to Zach, and he's like, it's hopeless. It will never work. Like total ER, ER. And I'm like, Zach, tell me one thing good about your day. And he couldn't think of anything. I said, Zach, I can think of something. You're alive, meaning I haven't killed you yet, kid. Um, so Zach is alive was the first thing that was written on that treasure map. Yeah, the bar was on the ground. Um, but uh, that's where we started. But then he started bringing this treasure map to me and to Bill and writing down all the positive things he was seeing about himself and his day. And six weeks later, you know, we gave him, um, we found out some things about him. I took him out every Sunday for uh, donuts. That brings joy. Um, it brings calories around their waist, but for a boy, it brought him joy. And um, so we would have mother's son talk about what God was repeating that week. What's bringing you joy? What's helping you see yourself from God's perspective, um, that you're a treasure. And we found out some things about Zach. We found out that he loved sports. We knew that. He was a fabulous athlete. We found out that he loved music. We did not know that. That was like, we found out music was like a calming balm to his little ADD soul. And we found out that he loved people. Yeah, kind of threw us off because he beat everybody up. But people, that relationship was like a key that unlocked Zach's heart. Mm -hmm. And from that point on, we put two tickets to whatever the church or community group was doing. So he had a friend to make good choices with as he grew. Well, fast forward at the end of that uh, baseball season, we bought him some concert tickets to a Christian concert and some baseball equipment. He made the All-Stars. At the end of the All-Star season, when they had won, um, they had this pizza party, and the coach brought Zach up and said, Zach, he's got the best attitude of any kid I've ever coached. And Bill and I from the back is like, you have no idea how far God's brought that child this year. Mm -hmm. um, but it was the key that unlocked Zach's whole future. From that point on, you know, he, he was not ever easier to raise. But God kept giving us tools like that that helped him see himself, life from heaven's point of view it helped him move from angry to a joyful child like if you met my Zach today he is the most delightful young man he tells great stories he reads people's emotions like amazing he would be like oh do you have a headache how can I help you with that can I carry that for you I mean he is just so kind and he has a he, fabulous marriage so he did get married one day uh, and two <laughs> great kids that are my grandkids and my little Sutton is like a joy factory she's just you know three and a delight but the key thing like I waited a long time to see some of this fruit and this last year Zach was named uh, Gatorade strength coach of the year for the college division and Gatorade sent him to the Super Bowl him and his wife to the Super Bowl and paid for their whole way. They had a wonderful, joyous time. And for me, I went way back to that day when he was eight years old and it was a watershed moment. How am I going to see this child? 
Am I going to be as angry at him as he is at me? Or am I going to choose joy? Am I going to choose joy and to see him from God's perspective and speak life and truth into this boy, no matter what he does to me? I'm Mm. glad I chose joy. (laughs) It's another one of your coloring sheets in the the book that Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, in humility, value others above yourself. And that is such a beautiful story of how you chose that day to go run back to Jesus and say, help me, help me, help me, instead of just kind of slogging through, uh, keeping your anger under wraps as best you can, but not really, not really seeking God's best for him. You, you truly right. went you can't, to you can't God's fake best. It. You can't fake yeah. it. Yeah. You can't. You can't fake yeah. it. You got to choose it. Yeah. It's faking it won't carry you far enough. You got to choose it. It has to dig deep down and we have to ask God to put that joy, 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 joy down in my heart, Jesus. <laughs> and plant it there so it can grow and blossom. And, you know, then it can carry you through all kinds of things. You know, earlier you mentioned economic times. And when we were newlyweds, we got married at 20. And um, it's not like we had any money. Like, we were 20. I didn't finish college yet. And um, our car broke down. And um, so we had no money for food. I went $10. Okay, $10 uh, for a week's worth of food. And we had no car. So we walked back and forth, you know, to the grocery store, and um, we we prayed on the way in, you know, God, we have this $10, so, like, really help it, you know, work like manna and let it, you know, stretch further, and uh, so we just prayed, help us make good dis- choices and decisions on what's on sale. I mean, it was that kind of a week, and we walked up to the counter to pay, and we must have paid with a check because they saw our name, and... Um, they, they said, oh, Farrell, uh, you won the week's free grocery sweepstakes. And they brought out like <laughs> six or seven bags. Okay, we had never even entered this contest. And we're like, how could we win a contest that we didn't even enter? Well, we found out that our Sunday school class of mostly midlife and beyond, you know, wise, wonderful people had entered our name on every one of their tickets every time they shopped at that grocery store. So it was like a double gift of love, right? One from heaven and one from our Sunday school class. That is so cool. And and such a beautiful picture too of how God went ahead and he could have given you that same gift a different week, a different time, and it wouldn't have meant as much as when he did let it come. So beautiful. Tell us about how to choose joy, and you have an example of this, so how to choose joy when it feels like everything is on the line. Yeah, when everything's unraveling. And this story is actually how I became known for that phrase, choosing joy. And it was, um, okay, so we, during that time when we were newlyweds and early in our relationship, I, I kept a miracle scrapbook of all the times that God was faithful to us. And so I had that as well as all the um, prayer journals and joy journals over the years. So that's the backstory of all this. Well, we are now um, on a walk, Bill and I, and um, are holding hands and we're walking around a lake and near our home and church. Bill's a lead pastor. I said, wow, it feels like our life is a beautiful hand crocheted afghan. And, um, you know, you're the pastor of the largest growing church in and we just moved into this new building, and that's such an awesome goal after 15 years. And um, I'm loving being the director of women's ministry at your church. And I, we, we write and speak for men and women. Men are like waffles, like spaghettis on the bestseller list. Our kids are teenagers and making great choices. Wow, life just doesn't get any better than this. And then it's as if someone grabbed a hold of one string on that afghan and began to unravel our life as we knew it and how it hit was Bill was, um, we were doing some TV, and he wasn't feeling well in another state. And so he went to the doctor. The doctor said, how long have you had high blood pressure? He's like, I don't. He's like, you do today. And that got Bill's attention because Mm -hmm. Bill's dad had a stroke at 42, and Bill's grandfather died of a stroke at 48. And so my very healthy husband was no longer healthy anymore. So I was going to sleep praying that he would be alive as we're trying to figure out how to manage this erratic high blood pressure he was going to sleep like six o'clock at night. This super productive guy, like he's burning the candle at both ends. His, um, pa- his um, doctor here in town said to him, Bill, you're a people helper. If somebody came in 
with symptoms like this, burning the candle at both ends and this erratic high blood pressure, what would you say to them? And Bill responded, some strategic life choices need to be made. Exactly. So Bill resigned the senior pastorate of a church we had loved the people and most of them loved us. And um, at, but for 15 years, he was their pastor. And so that huge like shift for him emotionally. And during that same time, um, there's this little window of time where our, our um, son got hit illegally in a football game. He was rushed to Children's Hospital, had to be in ICU, blood transfusion and all that. Um, we took Caleb out uh, after eight days. We took him out, and he had to be uh, on bed rest for eight weeks. I'm like, wow, we need to, like, get some money here. We're down to one income. Um, we have, like, groceries. I'll take the speaking engagement. You guys hang together and take care of each other. And then the first night I got a phone call that our senior son was hit illegally in a, uh, hit, um, in a football game, had a concussion and a knee injury, not any as opportunities for a scholarship or worse. Uh, our junior college son on Saturday night got pulled from a football game with a shoulder injury. Quarterback might end his opportunities for a scholarship. And on one income, we needed scholarships to help the kids, you know, get through school. And then on Sunday morning, my um, family called, and my brother, at 40 years old, had a heart attack. Could I come take care of his kid? Other than that, Mrs. Lincoln, how'd you like the theater? And I didn't, like, yeah, wow. like, my face wow. even showed my stress. My friends are like, how you doing? And I'm like, I, I, I did not answer them. I, I, so the answer is, like, too long, too, too personal, too depressing. And so I asked God, how do I answer these people? And God said, what kind of person do you want to be? And I said, God, I want to be the kind of person that can choose joy no matter what life sends my way. Because your word says the joy of the Lord is our strength. And this girl needs strength. This family needs strength. So I choose you, Jesus. I choose joy. And so people say, Pam, how are you doing? And I started answering them, woohoo, choosing joy. And it totally caught on in my friendship circle. Everybody, how are you doing? Woohoo, choosing joy. And it kind of a little cheerleader hand flip thing. Uh, so we were choosing joy together. And, you know, a lot of times people are like, really? Just saying choosing joy is going to help you have joy? Seriously, you cannot say that phrase without smiling. I mean, I <laughs> challenge people to try it. It's impossible. You, you will smile when you say, woohoo, she's enjoy. And I, I gave that message at Cannon Beach Conference Center, and um, women really resonated with it. It was kind of like the seeds of the discovering joy in Philippians were planted there. And um, three years later, I came back to that same women's conference center and a woman like ran up to my car when I parked it, like just got there. And said, you just have to know. And I'm like, what do I have to know? And she's like, um, that whole choosing joy thing. I didn't know why it resonated with me, but right after I left my husband, I came home to a note. He'd left me for another woman. And I told my little two year old, we're going to choose joy. We're going to choose joy. And she said, another week, my car wouldn't work. My washing machine was overflowing. My little boy was now, you know, five, but home from school sick. And I was crying. I was standing in the laundry room with soap up to my knees and I'm just crying. And my little boy says, remember mommy, choose and joy, choose and joy. <laughs> the joy of the Lord can be our strength. It can. And it's just, I, I think the thing about faith and about joy and about peace is that it's really never apparent to us that we have it or that we don't have it until we're in the middle of a crisis. Because really right. without the crisis, you don't see it. It's, it's maybe right. there or maybe not there. But it is the crisis that bubbles to the surface what actually is underneath that, uh, that facade that's on the outside. You know, you know, I always think when they build a house, they build it from the foundations up. And the last thing they do is the landscaping outside. But for a lot of people, it feels like the first thing is the landscaping. You know, we want everything to look perfect on the outside. The last thing is the foundation. And it's just backwards. We need to get to this point where we recognize that we, it is really our choice whether we live with joy or whether we don't. It's really not at all about the circumstances. That's exactly right. And that's how come I could, during the process of writing Discovering Hope and then Discovering Joy in Philippians, we downsized, we sold everything, we you know, moved up here yeah. to a new city. Um, I lived on my uh, 
family's vineyard for six months while Bill was looking for the boat. And all that was so emotional to give up everything to come to a place where I knew I wasn't going to get thanked by my in-laws. I mean, it's not in their DNA, you know, it's because it's the right thing to do. And one thing Bill said to me is, I know that my parents, like, this is a tough ask to have you move. And I also know that you love the, the ocean. You've always wanted to live on the beach. But yeah, that's expensive. But what if I put you in front of the beach, on the ocean, in a boat, Pam, and you're half mermaid, and he was right. I love the ocean. I love kayaking, mm-hmm. paddleboarding. And I'm like, that sounds like a fabulous idea. Let's do it. Hashtag crazy fun midlife adventure. And so we then started looking for a boat that we could live on in a marina because Bill's parents live within 30 minutes of the ocean. And so um, one of the things we prayed is, God, please let the boat that's ours bring us joy when we're on it. Yes, we mm-hmm. had a checklist. Yes, we Love knew that. what we were looking for. Um, and one of the things we're um, praying is that we've heard that widows, um, oftentimes there's widow boats that was the husband's boat. She doesn't really care about it. She just wants it gone. And it can bless the widow and the person buying it if you can work out mm-hmm. that kind of deal. Well, I was teaching on Ruth and Naomi. Bill was out looking for boats. He calls me and he says, Pam, this new boat just came on the market and it's everything on our list. And this widow just sold her condo and she needs the boat gone in three weeks. So she's super motivated to drop the price. Um, to just get it gone, and it's everything that that you want. And guess what the name of the boat is? And I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, Charlie. And Charlie was the nickname my alcoholic dad gave me when I was, like, probably two years old, and I would cry, and he bought me a Charlie Brown doll, and he would put me on his little motor scooter and scooter me around our little town of 100 people, and it brought me glee, delight, joy i would smile laugh and giggle every night when he would do this so the nickname charlie stuck and it's one of the only precious happy moments repeated that i have in my relationship with my dad and to have the boat called charlie (laughs) yes that was the heavenly father saying this is the right boat oh that's so beautiful. One of your other um, coloring sheets in the book is whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, Philippians 127. And Pam, in about one minute, can you give us a thought to close us out here? Oh, my thought would be for each one of you to look for how God is going to make your joy be full. In John fifteen eleven, he says, you know, that he wants to do that for you. And really, I think the path to getting there is going to be in that Philippians 4, 6, 7, and 8, mm-hmm. that as we, you know, think about the things that God wants us to ponder on, you know, and, and put our heart in that same place as God's heart, then I believe that's when joy will come. And let me just read it to close out um, our time because it's such a beautiful um, passage. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 simply says, Rejoice in the well, so it's four. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everybody. The Lord's at hand. Do not be anxious about everything, but in prayer, there's step one. And supplication, praying for other people, there's step two. And with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And what does he give? The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, that will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So let's think on what's true, what's honorable, what's just, what's pure, what's lovely, what's commendable, what's excellent and worthy of praise. And that peace will come, that joy will come. So beautiful. You guys got to check out discovering joy in philippians you can go to love-wise.com or over to amazon or to womenspeakers.com to find pam farrell thank you my dear have a wonderful day thank you god bless you joy thank you guys (laughs) joy and thank you guys for being here so great to have you with us uh live on wednesday afternoon listening around the web thanks for that share this around let people know how to choose joy, how to find joy amidst the hardships and the difficulties and the challenges of life. 
Thanks so much for being here. I love you. Keep over at Bye-bye.